Welcome to Health System CIO's interview with Eric Decker, Assistant Vice President and Chief Information Security Officer with Intermountain Healthcare. I'm Anthony Guerra, Founder and Editor-in-Chief. We'll get to our interview in a moment, but first, this brief word from our sponsor. At CrowdStrike, we stop breaches, and since threat actors often show up with legitimate credentials, stopping them can be tough, especially if your Active Directory hygiene has been less than perfect. But you can secure Active Directory now and clean up later. Find out more about identity protection and AD hardening at CrowdStrike.com healthcare. Eric, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Anthony. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Uh, let's start off. You want to tell me a little bit about your organization and your role? Sure. Uh, so Intermountain Healthcare is an integrated delivery network located in the mountain states, uh, based in Utah, but having uh, a presence in three surrounding states and, and really a, an eight-state uh, eight uh, strategy. So we're about 25 hospitals. We have a, well, one virtual hospital, uh, 11 billion in revenue, 43,000 what we call caregivers. We, we mm -hmm. consider all of our employees to be caregivers and, and part of the care continuum uh, and up to 2,800 beds. So, you know, at the end of the day, so we also have a plan, uh, you know, a payer plan uh, called Select Health with a, a million members in that. And uh, so that's what ultimately the integrated delivery network is, is all about. Uh, you know, our mission is for Intermountain is to help people live the healthiest lives possible. That's that is what we focus on. Um, really, quality care at a you know at a at appropriate cost is is the is the key thing. So my role uh, as ADP and CISO is to help protect the this organization, protect the the safety of our our patients. You know, in the digital enterprise, the the financial assets of the organization and the privacy and confidentiality, of course, of our patients and our members, private information. Very good. All right. So what this interview is going to be about uh, ultimately is about engagement um, and engaging as a healthcare IT security professional, engaging with different organizations, staying aware of best practices. That's ultimately some of the more specifics we're going to talk about. But I want to talk about a little bit, uh, establish a little background with you first. You've always been uh, pretty involved um, with a lot of different groups, um, you know, volunteering your time, your energies to engage and to help formulate different um, pieces of information that can help others do their job better. Um, where, where did that come from? Have, have you always done that? Did something sort of wake you up to that at some point and you kicked it into high gear. Tell me about that. And then tell me a little bit, if you want to go into specifics about some of the main groups that you've been involved with. Sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is cybersecurity is kind of one of those things where we only, we only do better when we're all doing better, you know? So, so we, we all have to be in this game. We all have to be protecting uh, our assets and our, and our, and our people and, you know, when one of us fails, uh, the sort of the weak link in the, in the chain kind of concept, when, when one of us fails, then we can have, you know, catastrophic consequences, you know, across the board. So, um, and, it's, and it's also something that's not really a competitive advantage. You know, like when I talk to my, my fellow CISOs that are out there, we, 
openly share our tactics and techniques, you know, because the mission of what we're trying to do is noble. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, we're we're trying to help people. We're not, it's not about bottom line, you know, that kind of, that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's a, there's a part of me that's just sort of always been that way. You know, I just, I, I, I learn best when I talk to my peers and I talk to other people. Um, I, I like to hear what the other, other people who've already gone through some challenges and, and learned, you know, certain, uh, gotten some of the bumps and bruises, you know, and, and can help, help me, you know, uh, on, on that path. So I've always, I've always felt that it's best to have a good network and, a um, and a good community to share that stuff with. So it was kind of natural when, you know, I, I think probably the impetus was in 2014, when I joined university of Chicago medicine as the, as uh, their first CISO, uh, my old boss, uh, Eric Blanca, who's is a fantastic mentor of mine. Um, he he really introduced me to some associations and said, "Hey, get out there and and try to try to do some good, you know, and and we'll support you in, in the process of doing that." Um, and you know, and also, it kind of around that time, and and we're still in this time right now. The uh, you know, the, the whole healthcare cybersecurity problem is still in its forming. And, you know, we gotta, we gotta solve for this phase. You know, we, we've gotten, we're not in the beginnings of it now. We've, we've actually made significant progress over the last five years. Um, but I saw that opportunity as well as like, you know, Hey, th- there's, there's not a lot of, uh, of, of solutions as at a, like at a national level, at a global industry level, at, you know, at those kinds of things there's not a lot of solutions that are out there. So it's ripe for opportunity. You know, it's ripe for, for um, making a mark for being able to lean in and try to do some good. And, and honestly, that drove me. Uh, so, and, and it, it truly is a second job. You know, I mean, it's, mm. th- there's a lot of work <laughs> that goes yeah. into yeah. all the uh, outside, uh, outside uh, stuff that I do. Um, so just to give, kind of give some examples uh, of this, there's, you know, obviously there's a lot of associations that are out there that, that people can get involved in and they should, uh, you know, there's, there are professional organizations within the cybersecurity community that are cross industry. There's a lot of really good ones that are out there. Um, highly encourage folks to, to participate in those. That's where you can find, you know, good networks of common people and, um, and see, you know, how the problems are similar or dissimilar. Uh, and then within healthcare alone, you know, there's obviously also specific, you know, trade associations and things like that that you can get involved in. <clears throat> so that's that's a great place. Um, the work that I do, I mean, I'm involved in those. And then I'm also the the work that I do is part of the government um, public private partnership. So there's uh, this. It formed back. Uh, actually, I can't quite remember exactly when it formed. Might have been 2007, 2008, or sometime around that that time. A presidential directive uh, pulled together and identified 16 critical infrastructure across the country. These are critical infrastructure that have that are run by private industry, but have a um, th- there's a national uh, a national public safety national interest uh, in making sure that that is run appropriately. Uh, so that's these critical infrastructure come together with a government counterpart and a, an industry counterpart. Uh, there's an all hazards version of this, which is you know the environmentals, the the, the physical threat, the you know cyber threat, all those things sort of meshing together. 
and that that comes together in these things called the SCC Sector Coordinating Council and GCC Government Coordinating Council. <clears throat> um, you know, then there's so the what I'm involved in is there's the healthcare version of that. There's there's things like finance, oil and gas, energy, um, et cetera, transportation. These are all part of the 16 critical infrastructure. Uh, so the one that I'm involved in is the healthcare sector courting council, government courting council, uh, the one that deals at the all hands. I'm a co-chair for that. Uh, below there, there is a group called the cyber working group. And when, when the cyber working group works with the government, it's called the joint cyber working group, joint because it's government. Um, so I have, you know, I helped establish the, the, la the latest iteration of that group back in I want to say 2000, um, remember, I'm losing my time. It's like 2017, 2018 timeframe. Uh, helped lead uh, the, the rechartering of that. There was a new executive director that got put in, in charge of that group. And we went from, you know, pretty nascent, uh, you know, organization of maybe like 30 organizations that were part of it uh, and maybe 50 or so uh, members to today we're at 300 organizations that are members of that and up to over 700 uh, actual individuals that are part of it. Uh, so with that, there, there's an election process. I was I served on the executive council of that for three years. Uh, I just rolled off of that last December and I was elected as the chairman of the cyber working group for the next two years. Um, and, you know, in that group, what we do is we have 15 task groups where we organize and we're building content, we're building resources, um, you know, practices, methodologies, et cetera, that help sort of set the stage for what we should be doing in cyber and healthcare. You know, and, and, and there's lots of, lots of course, different facets to these, these problems, and which is the reason why there's 15 task groups. Um, and then the last piece of this, I know this is so much, <laughs> but the last piece of this is one of those task groups that's in there is the 405D task group. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that task group is uh, is the one that I run uh, with my government counterpart, Julie Chua, within Health and Human Services. And what we do there, we we the, the inaugural publication that we created there was the Health Industry Cybersecurity Practices, or HICCUP. Uh, we posited five threats that everybody faces and 10 practices to mitigate them, uh, 89 sub-practices to get into the specifics. And then we stratified that by if you're a small, medium, or large. So we we wrote you essentially a, a guide, mm -hmm. you know, based on the size of your organization. And then just last year, January 5th, uh, there is a new law that uh, was, was put into effect. This is something that I worked on with Chime back in 2017, 2018, uh, that, that instructs OCR if organizations have adopted what's called recognized cybersecurity practices, instructs OCR to offer relief in the case of a breach. And so, we helped sort of set the stage for that. And 405D is specifically called out in that law as a recognized cybersecurity practice. So it's pretty awesome, you know, to sort of see the the genesis of, of all of this kind of go from the beginning to where we are now. Um, you know, on my journey, I've testified to Congress. I've, I've been invited there to serve as an expert witness. I've testified, you know, at a couple of other forums as well. Um, and it's just been awesome, you know, so... You mentioned relief uh, specifically. Yeah. What gets you the relief? If so you if you have things, 
Yeah, if you have adopted recognized cybersecurity practices. And so the definition of a recognized cybersecurity practice is uh, NIST publications and the NIST, you know, like the NIST cybersecurity framework and and things, you know, along those lines, which is great, Uh, or uh, and or anything promulgated under the 405D program. So Hiccup is, is a recognized cybersecurity practice. And then there's another category of others that has yet to be defined. O- OCR has has uh, not put out their RFI and their notice for proposed rulemaking yet on this new law, but there will be more specificity that comes once uh, once they do that. All right, very good. So as, as you're talking about this stuff, I'm <clears> thinking <throat> that there's two types of security executives out there in healthcare. There's the type that just want to know what's going on. They want to know the output of these entities. Um, Health system CIO is certainly interested in helping you with that as we're doing Mm -hmm. right now uh, on this call. So let's talk about the people that they don't, they don't want to participate. They just want to know. So what, where do they go to get the best information that you're working on? Where do you want them to go to get this stuff? Yeah. So we just launched a, a new website within the 405D program. Um, it's 405D.hhs.gov. So go there. Uh, we've got tons of, you know, Hiccup was the inaugural publication, but we've created all kinds of different supplemental materials as well. So as an example, we built a threat to practice matrix that helps organizations sort of tease these things out. So say you're worried about ransomware, which is one of the one of the five threats. Well, we've identified the exact practices that will directly uh, impact and help mitigate that ransomware threat. We've also identified indirect practices that'll help do that. So you can sort of, you know, there's 89 things. That's a lot to look at. You know, just pick ransomware, go right to it, and you know, check yourself and see how you're doing against against those items. So. So that's one one um, website, and and if you want to join the 405D program, there's actually an application um, process on that page. The other page that I would suggest is uh, two more um, is the Health Sector Coordinating Council org. So that is the that's the cyber working group level. So all those 15 task groups and everything that I talked about that gets you into into that space, and you can see you know, who the executive council is, the seven subsectors, the task groups, what we're working on, the publications that have been produced there. You know, there's things like uh, the Hicks Scrim, which is a supply chain risk management guide. There's workforce development. There's information sharing. There's all kinds of good stuff up there too. And then the last place I would suggest people go, especially if you're looking for just, you know, free resources, you know, to free services, frankly, uh, Mm -hmm. that, that you can use that are supported by taxpayer funding. Uh, go to CISA's website, uh, the Cybersecurity and, Infra- and Infrastructure Security Agency under, under the Department of Homeland Security. They have a whole series of services. So they, they will do phishing tests for you. They will do external vulnerability scanning. They will do penetration testing. They will do tabletop exercises. Um, and, and there's a number of other ones as well. And, and that's, a, that's a fantastic resource for anybody to use. And, they, and CISA does prioritize those in the critical infrastructure when it comes down to if there's too much demand for the services on, on, on using it. All right. So that's uh, good information for those who just want to know. What about those who want to do, those who want to participate yeah. in some of this stuff? Uh, what would you say to them? 
I, I'd say, you know, you get two avenues. I mean, it's, it's all really the same avenue. I mean, join the health sector coordinating council. If you're a practitioner in healthcare, meaning that, you know, you are, you're running a provider plan, pharma, medical supplies, uh, health information, IT is also a part of those subsectors, um, labs, critical access hospitals, nursing homes, you know, anybody who's, who's in the continuum of care can join. Uh, if you're an association that so directly supports those, uh, those folks, you can join. Uh, because, you know, we like to think of the, the cyber working group as the association of associations. I mean, we, we have a lot of the big name associations that are in there, the AHA, the AMA, HIMSS, Chime, you know, I mean, these are these are all like the, the premier dominant, um, you know, groups. And, and this is sort of where we come together to sort of talk through and, and work through the, the challenges. Uh, we do allow some vendors in. We, we have a, a cap on, on how much we do that. Uh, we, we know that vendors obviously uh, support the, the, our industry and, and many other critical infrastructure industries. And, and when vendors are there to give back um, and not business develop, we, we absolutely have a zero tolerance policy on that. Um, we, we will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll consider it, you know, but they're, they're not voting members. They are, uh, advisors when they, when they come in. Right. So, so if you go to that, that website, healthsectorcoordinatingcouncil.org, there's, there's a, uh, I think an email address that you can, uh, email off to, to, to suggest if you'd like to join it. Uh, the other thing you could do, if you're specifically interested in the 405D program, you can go off to that 405D website and we've got a form there where you can submit an application to join that group as well. If you join 405D, you join the cyber working group. It's just by default, it happens. Um, 405D is just, it's, it's just also a big group. I mean, we have like over a hundred or so, about um, almost a third of the cyber working group is in the 405D group, so. Okay, very good. So we talked about if you, if for folks who wanna get involved, you mentioned, um, and we left that this can be like a second job. Oh yeah. Right. So, well, let's say, you know, you want to do it, you, you know, it's going to be a lot of work. You want to do mm -hmm. it now. Any CEOs who hear uh, a, a joke like that might say, Hey, I don't want my CISO off run around doing a second job. So my right. question to you is if you are a CISO and you do want to participate in the summer stuff, you do want to help, but you don't have a boss like Eric Blanca, who, mm -hmm. who you said was very supportive. You have someone who's, uh, less supportive. Let's just put it that way about sure. doing sees it as not part of your job. This right. is extra. What, what advice could you give to them about how maybe to convince that person that this is worthwhile? Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I can also say, you know, the level of participation is yours to define. I mean, you can join this group uh, and serve as, you know, just an advocate for the stuff that comes out. You can be a voice amplifier if you want, you know, just part of a community listening in. Um, and it's no different than participating in any other trade association, to be frank. I mean, the, the amount of time that would be required is, is not much. Um, you know, the, the level of, of involvement and recognition and all that, of course, corresponds to mm -hmm. the right. amount of time and effort that you give into it. Uh, so, so there's that, I mean, if, if that's, if you just want to dip your toes in and sort of see, you know, see how it comes together, you could do that. 
Um, you know, there's those other types of roles that we have. Uh, and it, it also depends on the task group that you join because the, the dynamics of those task groups will be different by the, the leader of that task group. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a lead over it. Um, you know, but simple, something as simple as, you know, you just want to provide, uh, you know, feedback and response to some content that has been developed by the task group. You know, you're a, um, just a vehicle to run some ideas by. So that's, that, that's a, a possible suggestion. You can be somebody who just wants to contribute, you know, to a small section of a document, you know, and just give you, give some content and, and something that you care really passionate about, uh, you know, one particular focus uh, and, and you want to, you know, drive some content in there, you can do that. And then now you're getting into sort of authorship, you know, areas. Um, the the part where the, the work gets really heavy is when you start leading these efforts, when you start becoming like a primary author of these mm-hmm. documents. Um, and then as you go into the chain of, um, you know, of leadership, like when you start getting involved in the executive council chairmanship, I mean, I meet with the federal government and 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 folks three times a week every week. Uh, you know, so it's, there's a lot of time there that is, that is given. Um, but, you know, it all goes back to where, you know, you make some fantastic contacts, mm-hmm. uh, your organization reaps those benefits. I mean, it absolutely does. There is a, there's a name recognition that comes along with this, you know, where if your organization is behind it and Intermountain is, is 100% behind it, which I love, uh, you know, you, you can, you can help, further the brand of, of your, uh, of your organization by, by showing that you're giving back and caring about something that actually helps people's lives, you know? Right. So there's a, there's a good, it's just good work, you know? I mean, it's good, like soul giving work. <laughs> right. Right. So there's that issue of, of hopefully having support, uh, from your mm-hmm. CEO to go out and do this. Um, then there's another reluctance that I've seen. I certainly, um, request a lot of interviews with CISOs, get yeah. some of them, but I would say it's a smaller percentage than I'd like. Um, I think with the security role, perhaps there's a bit of a reluctance sometimes. It could be, I don't know if it's the personality of the type of person who often goes into security or the fact that they feel like getting a, in front of the public in any way makes mm-hmm. them a target. If they're right. afraid, they're going to say something that will reveal something. But there's ways you can you can have a discussion and help your peers without revealing any vulnerabilities, right? And That's then I hard. think you also mentioned to me when we talked earlier that there are forums where it is private and where mm-hmm. that information will not be public. So mm-hmm. if you could address those two areas, one is speaking to the press as a CISO mm-hmm. and doing it in a way that, that is appropriate, and then those other forums for uh, where you want to divulge more details, yeah. maybe to get help. Yeah. I mean, this is a delicate balance and, and one that you've got to be careful about, of course. Uh, I mean, everything you just said there about not divulging the inside inner secrets of your organization is absolutely correct. You know, and, and I never do that. You know, if, if press asks me, you know, at Intermountain, what is your problem in this space? <laughs> I will say, sorry, I'm not going to talk to you about that. <laughs> and it's happened, you know, yeah, it's happened. So, I mean, you, you gotta, but what, what, what you can do is again, if you're connected into a large community, you're connected, you're in these groups and you hear the themes of what is happening sort of in our industry across the spectrum, we can talk about the themes of challenges. I mean, that's 
that is not stuff that is uh, is of any surprise. I mean, it's already out there. There's already press around it. Um, it's you know, but you can be a thought leader in how you can actually try to solve those issues. How you can give people guidance around um, you know uh, tackling some challenges. Uh, and and it, when you talk to the press, you know, I, I keep it high level, and I talk about this as as themes. I always put my hat on as chairman of the cyber working group when when we start getting into what are the you know challenges in this space or that space or or what have you? Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, the the private forums, uh, you know, I mean, it, things like HISAC, you know, the Health ISAC is is a place where not only is it a, a vetted you know private community where you can talk about the very specific things that are going on, but it's also protected under law. So when when we have so the Cybersecurity Act of 2015, the same thing that instantiated 405D, that's where 405D came from, was that law. Uh, there's a protection mechanism that allows us to share cybersecurity, very secret, very specific, you know, cybersecurity issues with the federal government and you know within our ISACs and so forth uh, that protects it. You know, so if there's if you're talking about a compromise that you've had on your network and you need to reach out to somebody, hey, have you seen these IOCs and these tactics and these things? There's a forum where all of that is happening. And, and it's very valuable. I mean, you we can't, the adversaries have a lot of resources. The adversaries, they only have to figure out one way in, you know, to an organization. And we've got a million ways that we're mm-hmm. trying to, to keep our, our, our eyes and um our eyes on. So we're always on our heels, you know, on, on the sense of what's the next attack pathway. And, and if an organization tries to tackle that by themselves, they're going to be challenged at doing that. But when you share it as a community, you have a lot better, uh, a lot better chance of, of staying ahead and, and responding to these attacks when they come in and, and, and getting to it quickly. So would you say that probably any security executives that don't uh, continually work to absorb information that's put out there about threat intelligence through any kind, if you're not doing that, would you be very surprised that there are executives that are not doing that? Or would that not surprise you? Um, I mean, there's not a lot that surprises me anymore. (laughs) Uh, I will say if you want an effective program, you have to be on top of this. Mm -hmm. You have to be thinking, and there's, again, there's all kinds of ways that this is, this stuff, this information comes out. So joining the ISACs, joining Health ISAC, I mean, it is, it does come with a membership cost, but they graduate that membership fee based on the size of your organization. So, um, you know, what Intermountain pays isn't the same as like a small, as a a medical group, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, the, um, the other thing is, is like, you know, again, our federal government and critical infrastructure, there's, there's a lot of work that where there, where there's ad, uh, there's there's different types of um, uh, flashes that come out. So the FBI, DHS, um, within health uh, within a, a HHS, there's a group called HC3, which is kind of like a, another watch group for threats. Um, they produce uh, intelligence and flashes. Keep your eyes out on out for those. If um, if HHS or the FBI rings the bell and says. Hey, we've got a huge problem on our hands. Pay attention. You know, I mean, that's like log for J that yeah. happened last, last Christmas. I was, uh, you know, we were, we saw the early phases of that thing and I was making calls within 24 hours of seeing how bad this thing was 
calling my federal partners, calling some of the trade associations and saying, guys, we got to, this one's, this one's like, want to cry, you know, this one's bad, you know? So, and very quickly, you know, there were alerts and things like that, that were going out and, 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 and the industry responded and, and it responded fast. Yeah. Uh, anything more you want to say about the HSCC? I know you feel that's a, a perhaps not uh, as well known as it should be, but very important. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's look it up. You know, the this the health sector coordinating council. Um, that's that's where the critical infrastructure comes together with government. Um, it's not really well known, uh, but it, it uh, it's getting there. You know, we're 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 getting our name out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I just frankly, I mean, and again, I'll just like I'll say it one more time. If you if you implement the practices of some of these things that we produce out of that working group, you get relief under enforcement. I mean, there is a there's a financial impetus for you to care about what's going on uh, from these from these groups. All right, Eric, I think that's about all we had time for. Any any final word or you think we covered it? I think we covered it. <laughs> all right, my friend. Listen, great, great stuff. I think this is going to be valuable. And again, we'll, we'll get this out there, open some eyes and. Um, maybe there'll be some inquiries about participation. So um, very good to talk to you and hope to speak to you again soon. Thanks, Andrew.